Welcome back to our second service. Amen. A few reminders. Uh, Men, we will have prayer and the book discussion on August 12th at 8 a.m. Be sure to bring your book and also read the, I'm going to call it a chapter, but day two of the book and be ready to discuss that. Hallelujah. And then on the 13th, we have our church picnic. So the church is providing the meat. There is a sign-up sheet. If you have not signed up to bring anything yet, please, uh, it's in the back. Please make sure you sign up to bring something. Also, if you can bring your lawn chairs um, so that you can sit out there. We were thinking about using the chairs downstairs, but we're afraid that they're just going to sink into the ground. So bring your lawn chairs. And church will start at 1030 with prayer at 10. All right, ladies, there will be a fellowship on August 19th at 10 a.m. And then the final reminder is we are still accepting offerings for Move the Mission, and that will be taken until August 20th. Hallelujah. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day. That will be, there is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye. All those peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day, that will be. There'll be no sorrow there, no more burdens to bear, no more sickness, no pain. No more parting over there, and forever we shall be 
with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day! Glorious day that will be, what a day that will be, when my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What a glorious day that's going to be. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Worthy of the glory and the honor. Worthy of all our praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. Jesus, mighty God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. Jesus is the God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. 
What a mighty God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. Jesus is the God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. He is mighty. He is the almighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are omnipotent. Hallelujah. Omniscient. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, you are worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I heard an old, old story how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary. To save a wretch like me, and gird about his groaning of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about his healing of his cleansing power revealing how he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, Dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And then somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. 
Thank You that You have given us Your name in water baptism. Thank You, Jesus. You have washed us clean. You have set us free. You've made all things new. Oh, hallelujah. We worship You. We worship You. We worship Jesus Christ today. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus, for Your sacrifice at Calvary. Thank You that You paid the just punishment of my sins Yourself. Thank You, Jesus. He is worthy of worship. I delight to worship Him. I know we don't have music, but we don't need music to worship. We don't need music to press in, to enter into the presence of Almighty God. Praise God. Praise God. He's worthy, folks. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise. While we're still in this attitude, I want to read a text that uh, Brother Kasky sends these out every Sunday. Brother DeMuth, I think you get them. I want to read the one he sent this morning. I think it just fits. When we come to our place of worship today, what will take place? Let's consider God's perspective and preparation for our gathering. According to Hebrews, we're going to a spiritual Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, a great assembly of angels, the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven, into the presence of the God who is the judge of all, believers who have been justified by the sacrifice of Christ, Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, the application of the blood that washes away sin, and is greater than the innocent blood of Abel. We are not going to a common gathering, but into a special assembly where the Lord is waiting to meet us. Bless, direct, encourage, save, and heal. No matter how weary we feel, uncertain as to the meaning of the message we are to present, the needs that will be present, we are, to, we are going to meet there with the presence of the Lord. The angel armies of the Lord who will be ministering to the heirs of righteousness. A gathering of imperfect people whose faults are covered by the grace and mercy of Christ. Amen. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's who we're in the presence of today, folks. The one who can do anything. The one who wants to do anything for us today. Praise God. If you'll receive it, if you'll believe it today, He can do whatever it is you have need of. Praise God. Not because I'm up here, not because any one of us are present here, but because Jesus Christ is present here. He's present to save. He's present to heal. He's present to deliver and to restore and to provide. Whatever your needs are today, He's here, folks. All we've got to do is seek Him and receive from Him. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. Thank you so very much. I want to welcome our guest today, uh, Damon Williams. Amen. We're so glad to have you with us today. Praise God. And again, if there's anything you have need of, Damon, please let one of our ushers know. We'll get that taken care of for you. Amen. We pray that you're blessed in our service today. We're blessed because you're here. Amen. Our scripture text today will be found in Isaiah 55 and 6. 
Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 6. That's between uh, the book of Hezekiah and Second Opinions. You'll find Isaiah. (laughs) Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 6 says this, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. We'll be talking on this topic today, a covenant to ask. A covenant to ask. Jesus, we call out in your name one more time that you would speak with your people, that you would minister to them according to their needs and according to your perfect will. Bless, I pray, and minister and encourage and strengthen and edify, undergird with strength. Encourage your people to move forward in you, to seek your face while you may be found. Let your name be blessed today in these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Have you ever been in a place where you really needed help and you really didn't want to ask anyone for help? I don't know if ladies are like this. I know most men are a little bit hesitant. That's putting it mildly uh, to ask for help because bless God. Someone knows this, so I'm going to figure it out. Asking for directions is, that's tough. (laughs) It's against our religion, that's right. Asking for directions is hard because, uh, I mean, yeah, I really should know this. I don't like asking for directions. I'm so glad for GPS. Before that, I was glad for a good map. One time, I think I was able to fold it back correctly. When I'm shopping, I don't want to have to ask someone where the item is that I'm looking for. I uh, go home without it. (laughs) I didn't have it. I didn't see it anywhere. (laughs) I don't like asking for help. It's in the store somewhere. I'm going to find it. I mean, how hard could it be? It's within these four walls. I'm going to find it. More and more, that time never comes. So I end up having to do the unthinkable. Excuse me, sir, ma'am. you help me out? I can't find this. My wife, she downloaded She downloads the store apps, so she doesn't have to ask anybody. She just looks it up on the app. I haven't done that yet. I don't know if I'd want to ask the app either. You get into a a financial bind. It's hard asking someone for help. I'd rather get a second, third job. Take out another mortgage. Start selling stuff. Anything but ask a family member or a friend for a loan or for a handout. Should have never come to this. I'm embarrassed. Shouldn't have to ask for this, but here I am. And I have no problem helping other people out. 
someone comes to me, I don't think twice about it. If I got it, yeah. I don't think less of the person. I'm glad they came to me. I'm glad they trusted me with that. But for me to come to someone else, it's quite the opposite. I don't want to get into a situation where I need someone's assistance. So I'm going to take steps. I'm going to take precautions. Whatever I need to do to make sure I never end up there. GPS. Never get lost. And that fails, I got a map. I don't need to ask anyone. I got backups. Trying to find the item in a store. Download a store app or give yourself a lot of extra time. <clears throat> I won't get into a financial bind because I'll stock as much money as I can away. I'll make sure that when, when I need it, it's there. I don't have to ask for help. Anything wrong with doing any of these things? No, absolutely not. Nothing wrong with saving money. I think that's a good idea. I use GPS all the time. <coughs> I use apps, not necessarily the store app. Nothing wrong with doing any of these things. Nothing wrong with preparing for a rainy day, taking steps, precautions. But again, it's the motive that matters, folks. Why am I doing these things? As a Christian, there are times where I get to the place where I don't want, I don't want to be in the, in the place where I need God to save me. I don't need to be in the place where I have to ask God for help. Because that's a very uncomfortable place to be. And I don't know when He's going to answer. And I don't know how He's going to answer. I can't control any of that. There are things I can control. I'm going to do those. If I've ever been in the place where I need God to save me or help me, I don't want to get there again. Because that's a very uncomfortable place to be, isn't it? It shouldn't be. It should be very comfortable. It should be the best place for anybody to be is in the hand of the living God. That's where I should want to be. There are times I don't want to be there. Get two or three jobs. Build up my savings and rely on my savings account. That's the wrong motive. Saving because it's prudent and I know things are going to happen. Unforeseen circumstances are going to take place. The water heater is going to go out. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. Now I don't have to put it on a credit card. That's just good stewardship. I can pay cash for it. Done. That's good. But if I'm building up that savings account because I'd rather trust in that than God, that's not the right reason. That's a, that's a poor reason. Eat perfect. Exercise often so I'll never get sick or weak and have to rely on God for healing and strength. Or God forbid, someone else. When I was growing up, my mom had multiple sclerosis and... It was, it was a very bad case. She ended up being bedridden and it was affecting her mind and, and uh, she kept thinking I was her husband. It sounds funny when I say it, but it was really weird at the time. And uh, I'd have to take care of her. And uh, it was, I just remember thinking, 
uh, while I was doing that, that I don't ever want to get to the place where my kids have to do this to me. I don't know if that's right or wrong. It's probably wrong. It's probably pride. But uh, I just, someday I may have to get over that. But uh, I remember thinking that. What, a, what an awful spot to be in. And I, I think we're all like that in, in certainly some areas of our lives. We don't want to have to rely all the time on the, on the, the help and, and, and care of others. We want to be independent. We want to take care of ourselves. We want to do things ourselves. And I think, I think to a very large extent that's good and right and healthy. But we can take that too far too, can't we? So that we never ever want to ask for help for anything. I'm just, I'm just going to gut this up or endure it. Or, and especially when it comes to asking help from God. God so desperately wants us to lean on Him. And to rely on Him for our, to, to get our needs met. We're going to look at a, a man by the name of Asa today. Asa was, I think it was the great-great-grandson of King David. David, Solomon, Rehoboam, Abijah, and then Asa is the lineage of the kings of Judah up to this point. Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. He did everything right. The Bible says that his heart was perfect toward God. At one point, Zerah the Ethiopian came out against Asa with an army. The Bible says it numbered a thousand thousand. That's a million. A million strong. Asa, he had just about half that many. So they came out against the king of Ethiopia and realized, I got about half as many people as he does. So he cries out to the Lord for help. And God delivered Judah. 2 Chronicles 14, 11-12 says, Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God, let not man prevail against thee. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. The Bible goes on to say that Asa pursued the Ethiopians and basically wiped them out, broke them, took their cities, spoiled them. It was a great victory for Asa. Why? Because he asked for help. He sought the Lord and he asked God for help. God was very happy to do that. Second Chronicles 15, 1-2, the account continues. This is right after they came back to Jerusalem with the spoil. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. And he said some other things. Uh, but in any case, this prophecy that uh, Azariah, yeah, Azariah the prophet gave to Asa, encouraged him, strengthened him, and he went out and he he went 
farther, according to my understanding, than any uh, the other kings after David did. He took down the high places. He cut down the groves. He did all of that. A lot of the kings of Judah, you say, his heart is perfect toward God, and yet the high places remained. <clears throat> but he took them out. He cut down the groves. His mother was worshiping idols. He, he broke it in pieces, stamped it, stamped it to pieces. Removed her from being king or queen. And afterwards, after this prophecy, he took courage. He called the people of Judah together to rededicate and reconsecrate themselves to the Lord their God. Second Chronicles 15, 12-15 uh, relates that account. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul that whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. That'd be a great evangelism strategy, wouldn't it? In America today? Yeah. We can talk more about that later. <laughs> In any case, uh, verse 14. They swear unto the Lord with a loud voice, and with shouting, and with trumpets, and with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart, and sought him with their whole desire. And he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. They made a covenant with the Lord their God that they would seek him with all their heart. And whosoever would not seek the, seek the Lord their God with all their heart would be put to death. They were taking this covenant extremely seriously. A covenant relationship in and of itself was very serious back in the day. Till death do you part. <clears throat> the only good reason for not fulfilling the terms of a covenant was that you were dead. If you were not dead, I expect you to fulfill the terms of the covenant. And vice versa. They made a covenant with God that they would seek Him with all their heart, with all their desire. The Bible records that He was fond of them. What an awesome place that would be. What an awesome time in Israel that must have been. But, we continue. Chapter 16, verses 1-6. through six. <clears throat> In the sixth and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa, Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah to the intent he might let none go out or come into Asa, king of Judah. <clears throat> so what was Asa's response? Verse 2, Then Asa bought, brought out silver and gold out of the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, that dwelt at Damascus, saying, There is a league between me and thee, as there was between my father and thy father. Behold, I have sent thee silver and gold. Go, break thy league with Basa, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. And Ben-Hadad hearkened unto king Asa, and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel. And they smote Izun and Dan, and Abel-Mame, and all the store cities of Naphtali. Naphtali. And it came to pass, when Basa heard it, that he left off building of Ramah, and let his work cease. Then Asa the king took all Judah, and they carried away the stones of Ramah, and the timber thereof, wherewith Basa was building, and he built therewith Geba and Mizpah. Problem solved. Had a situation, he dealt with it. That's all right, yeah? 
Isn't that what we do? We get a situation, we just deal with it. Didn't need God on this one. Did not seek the Lord either for direction or for help. Well, the account continues in verse 7. And at that time, Hananiah the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, and I think this is very telling, because thou hast relied on the king of Syria and not relied on the Lord thy God. Therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubims a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Because Asa relied on the king of Syria and not on God, God sent the prophet to him to chastise him, to correct him. You've done foolishly in this thing. What did he do? Seriously, what did he do? He had the money. Was it such a bad thing that he didn't consult God on every little thing? This was one of the covenant provisions that God had promised Israel. If we look at Deuteronomy 28 and 7. He says, The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. Who will? God will. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. This was a covenant provision. If they would hearken unto the Lord their God and keep all of His commandments, follow His ways and His precepts to do them, if they would do that, these were the covenant provisions on God's end of it. One of them was victory over all their enemies. They wouldn't ever have to worry about it. God would take care of it. We look at Joshua 1.5. God promises Joshua, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. It was a preemptive promise. It covered every situation. Second Chronicles 32, 7-8. This is Hezekiah. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria. This is God speaking to uh, Hezekiah. Not for all the multitude that is with them, for there be more with us than with them. With them is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. They took a situation to the Lord in prayer. And God came back with an answer. Don't worry about them. Don't be afraid of their faces. Don't sweat it, dude. I got this. And he did have it. Hezekiah didn't have to worry about it. And he came out boldly and assured the people. God's got this. And they were assured. Gideon and the judges. 
Gideon's strength of arms saved the day, right? His great big army delivered Israel. Absolutely not. And on purpose. He had to rely on God. When he did what God told him to do, they were delivered. Jehoshaphat took it to God in prayer. <laughs> His answer was, God's answer was, all you got to do is show up. I'll take care of the rest. Just show up. I'm going to fight this for you. It was a covenant provision that Israel had. God wanted them to take advantage of that. He gave that to them for a reason. I want to fight your battles. I'm your provider. I'm your healer. I'm your savior. No one else. Not you, not anyone else. I am. I am the Lord. Second Chronicles 16:10. This is Asa's response to the prophet. We read in previous accounts, when it came time for King David to receive a rebuke from the Lord, from Nathan the prophet, we see David's response was perfect. He humbled himself. He sought the Lord for repentance and forgiveness. He confessed it. I'm guilty. What was Asa's response? Verse 10. Asa was wroth with the seer and put him in a prison house, for he was in a rage with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. It appears to me that he was not 100% correctable at this point in time. I imagine because, bless God, I'm the king. You're not going to talk to me like that. Whether it was this event or something else that happened, we do know that there is no record of him ever seeking God again. I don't know if he did and wasn't recorded, but there is no record of him ever seeking God after this. In fact, in Second Chronicles 16 and 12, we, we read this. And Asa... In the thirty and ninth year of his reign was diseased in his feet, until his disease was, ex was exceeding great. Yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. Now I find this very interesting to include in the very Word of God. It seems to me that if we have a covenant relationship with God... It's his desire to fulfill the terms of the covenant. The terms that he has agreed to. It's his desire to do that. But we've got to give him a chance to do that. No thanks. I got this one. And again, I think it's a natural inclination, certainly as we're growing up, we want to start separating ourselves from our parents. That's natural and right. doesn't always happen smoothly, but it does happen. <clears throat> they want to establish their own identity. They need to. I don't want them living with me when they're 55. 
I want their kids living with them. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> but they, they've got to do that. We've got to establish our own identity. We've got to separate ourselves from our parents. All of that's right and good. But in our relationship with God, it's different. In a very real sense, that ought never happen. We are always His child. We are always relying on Him for provision. For Dad to come home with the paycheck and, and, and the, the beefsteak, whatever it is. That's what we're relying on in a spiritual sense. We're relying on our Heavenly Father to provide all of these things. Our daily needs. Victory over our enemies. Victory over sin. Bondage. All of those things. Trusting in Him to make all things new. Trusting in Him that I am a new creature. And when we don't bring these to God, when we try to fat finger our way through it ourselves, He's grieved by that. He's grieved by that. How many times, I didn't look them all up, but how many times in the Old Testament did he chastise the nation of Israel for not coming to him, for coming to someone else, for trusting in riches, for trusting in the king of Syria, the king of this, the king of that, and not me, for trusting in other gods, and not me. We talked last uh, Wednesday about the lordship of Christ, that he is a jealous God. He wants an exclusive relationship with us. He will not share that with anyone else. When I married my wife, I didn't agree to an open relationship. You can go see other people and I can go see other people and, and we'll come, well, I'll still love you, baby. Those don't mean anything. I, I love only you. No. That's ridiculous. And Jesus doesn't put up with it either. When I'm trusting in other stuff, I'm trusting in riches. I'm trusting in the strength of my own arm. I'm trusting in my job. I'm trusting in uh, the government. I'm trusting in, dare I say it, I'm trusting in the doctor over God. I'm trusting in anything else, anyone else, over God. He's grieved by that. He wants an exclusive relationship with me. That I would seek after Him with all my heart. That I would seek the Lord my God with all my heart. And He promises, He promises, folks, that when I seek Him with all my heart, I'm going to be found of Him. I'm going to be found of Him. I'm going to enter into His presence. And I'm going to commune with Him. And He with me. Amen. But if I don't seek Him with all my heart, I seek Him half-heartedly. I seek Him for a little bit to check a box and, eh, that didn't work. I'm going to take care of it myself. i got other options. We shouldn't have any other options, folks. God gave us one option. Him. He gave us one option. God is pleased. He's delighted 
when we seek Him first. Amen. Isaiah 55 and 6 again. Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. We know that the time draws short. The days are coming to an end. We don't know when that end is, but we know it's coming. We know the signs of the times. Seek ye Him while He may be found. He can be found today. He can be found here in this place right now. So let's all stand. And I wonder today, those that will, those that have a desire to, let's enter into our own covenant with God today. A covenant that promises Him, I'm going to seek Him first. I'm going to seek Him with all my heart. A covenant like Israel made that day after the prophet gave them the word of the Lord. That we'll seek Him with all our heart and with all our souls. Amen. You can come to the altar if, you're, if that's good for you. You can stay there if that's good for you. But those that will, Let's enter into a covenant with the Lord our God today. That we'll seek Him first. We'll seek Him exclusively. That He has exclusive rights to my life. And consequently, I have exclusive access to Him. That when I seek Him with all my heart, I'll be found of Him. Amen. So let's enter into a covenant with Him today. Lord Jesus, those of your people that will. We come before you, Lord Jesus. We come before you, thou most high God. I'm grieved over areas of my life where I have, for one reason or another, maybe even ignorantly, thought I was doing you a favor, thought I was just not bothering you with something that's insignificant. But I understand in Scripture now, Lord, that You want me to seek Your face for everything. Every circumstance. Every situation. Everything that I encounter in life. You want me to bring it to You. I ought not trust in the strength of my own arm over the Lord my God. I ought not trust in my bank account or my investments over the Lord my God. I ought not trust in my job or any, any government agency or, or anything over the Lord my God. I'm going to trust in You from this point forward exclusively. You can use whatever means, whatever avenue You will to, to, to bring the answer. You can bring it through a doctor. You can bring it through the government. You can bring it through whomsoever You will. I don't care. But I'm bringing it to You so that You can take care of it in accordance with Your will. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm going to seek the Lord my God with all my heart and with all my soul. I want to be found of You. I want to have an exclusive access to You, an exclusive relationship. Just You and me. Just You and me. Communing together. 
Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I am so thankful for this opportunity that you've given me today to affirm, or for some of us maybe to reaffirm, our covenant relationship with you. That you have exclusive access to me. You have exclusive rights to me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Just like my wife has exclusive access to me, you have exclusive access to me. No one else, no other God, no other, no other power, no other agency, no other principality has access to me but you. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are Lord and God in my life. And I seek You now. I seek Your face, Thou Most High God. Those things that I'm going through, those circumstances and situations that I face, that Your people face, we bring them to You now in Jesus' name. This is what we're going through. This is what we're facing. This is what we're enduring. We're asking, Lord, that You take care of it in accordance with Your covenant promises. Hallelujah, Jesus. And we'll worship You. We'll praise You for the answer. Thank You, Jesus, for Your so great faithfulness to us. Thank You, Jesus, for Your so great faithfulness to the covenant promises that You've established with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. These are opportunities to demonstrate yourself strong. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking to show Himself strong in the behalf of them whose hearts are perfect toward Him. Make our hearts perfect toward You, I pray. Establish our hearts as perfect toward You, I pray. And show Yourself strong in our behalf. Show Yourself mighty in our behalf. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are strong. You are